0: Thank you very much. It
1: has been uh, some few months. Yeah. <laughs> um, last time uh, we mm. spoke, you were traveling.
2: Yeah, I was traveling. Yeah.
1: And I think you've been doing a lot of that uh, yeah.
2: recently. Yes, so indeed. So
1: what uh, is happening on the other side of the world?
2: Mm, I mean, mostly, <laughs> most of my travels have actually been in, on this side of the world, yeah. in Tanzania. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, pretty much everything is fine. Yeah. It's always exciting to leave uh, my comfort zone. Always exciting to leave Dar es Salaam and uh, see some different places. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So w- where last were where you?
2: I think recently, like uh, outside of Tanzania or in Tanzania? In that,
1: like, like in Tanzania.
2: In Tanzania, the last place I was was Moshi. All right. Yeah, yeah, I was Moshi.
1: It's cold now.
2: Yeah, or right it's, now. It's cold uh, and raining. So when I was there, it wasn't really cold. It was like... Um, I think it was quite hot at the time. Yeah. So I actually would have preferred if it was cooler. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah. is always best, best, I think, when it's uh, it's 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 cool. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah.
1: Mm. So everything else?
2: Everything else? Health and everything Yeah, health is okay. I thank God I'm healthy. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to say I'm wealthy, but not (laughs) (laughs) healthy and (laughs) striving for the wealthy, but uh, the family is good. Um, Life is good. Yeah, So I can't really complain. All right. So
1: I want to take you back to the very beginning of your journey, radio photography, because you have become many things Mm -hmm. over the years. Yeah, And I just want uh, for the listeners to really, get a glimpse of really what uh, has been that life you know okay. uh from the first day that you say you know you have fallen in love
0: with photography with, with photography uh-huh. you
1: know and if really that was the thing that you saw yourself doing okay yeah which which year was that
2: so i'd say My passion for photography started around 2014. Yeah. Um, I was, I was doing an exchange program in Slovenia. Yeah. And so by the time I finished, it was during the summer. I I had to go back to Turkey where I was, uh, completing my last year of uni. Yeah. But, um, most of my friends and everyone that I knew from my uni had, had left to go home for the summer holidays yeah but obviously since i was broke <laughs> i had to stay behind yeah. so to kind of like uh entertain myself or to kind of kind of like uh pass past time yeah i decided to like buy a purchase a camera mm-hmm. so during my time in slovenia actually i got inspired by a very brilliant photographer mm-hmm. who was called uh, dan He's yeah. actually one of my biggest inspirations, uh, through my photography journey. Yeah. So he used to be the Erasmus photographer during the time. And I really loved how he worked, uh, with the camera, uh, the doors that opened up for him, the connections, you know, even meeting people like us and pe- different people from different countries. Yeah. So I was inspired to do that. And, um, what happened was I decided to like save up some money. Yeah and buy a camera, like a small DSLR at the time. Yeah. So, uh, that was, uh, D5300 Nikon. D5300. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was oh. a Nikon D5300. Yeah. So I didn't have the money at the time, but what I did was, uh, during the month that I was saving up for that camera, yeah. I went into YouTube, like, you know, I was basically going into tutorials, like hyping myself up, yeah. uh, tutorials of how to use a camera, tutorials of what camera to get and stuff like that, yeah. uh, in the hopes of kind of riling myself to, uh, get a camera one, but also kind of to, to excite myself on the photography journey. Yeah. So a month later I got it and initially I had, only intended for it to be like a hobby, you know, yeah. something to pass time, uh, to just see Turkey from a different perspective. Yeah. And so yeah, I did it for like a year, and then when I came back here, uh, should I go straight into the entire journey or? Yeah, yeah let's just go. Yeah, <laughs> okay, like now you're, you're you're back at home. <laughs> now, great. So when I came back here, I uh, graduated with a friend of mine. He's called Jerry Jeremiah Mchechu. Oh. So he was, he had, uh, gone into the photography journey a little bit earlier than me, than myself. Yeah. So when we came back here after graduation, um, he came up to me and he said like, Hey Danny, like, um, why don't we start a photography studio? We had a space that, uh, we were, were able to get and renovate and like bundle up what we had, like our savings. Yeah. And, uh, we, Bought some cameras, uh, ordered some cameras, bought them and some equipment, and we started what was known as Craft Studios. Craft ah. Studios. Yeah yeah, 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 Craft Studios. All right. that's some time back. Uh, yeah, it's a while back. It's yeah. a while back. And yeah. the, the great thing is uh, Derek, who's also over here and now shooting the BTS, yeah. was <laughs> part of Craft Studios as well. Yeah. So it was a very exciting time for the both of us. Yeah. Uh, none of us had worked in Tanzania before. None of us had done prof- uh, photography professionally before. And so it was a very, um, it was experimental. Yeah. But at the same time, it was very, um, it was very exciting to see where the journey would, would take us. So initially what we did was we did a lot of weddings, a lot of like events, essentially anything to try and get the, uh, the ball rolling and to try, try and establish ourselves yeah. as, uh, photographers in the industry. Yeah. So that went really well. Honestly, like I was, I was quite surprised that in the first couple of months we were able to to actually get quite a few gigs through connections of friends and through like (laughs) extensive marketing on our part. But also I also felt like I was lacking in terms of, or rather we were lacking in terms of uh, the business aspect of it. So what I did uh, was at the time I applied, I sent an email to a couple of uh, very well established photographers, which was, uh, okay, I'll just talk about the, <laughs> the one I ended up with. Yeah. So I ended up uh, writing an email to Ose, yeah. uh, who was actually um, and still is one of my biggest inspirations in Tanzania for photography wise. Yeah. And he, he accepted my my proposal of an internship. Yeah. And I immediately started, uh, I think a week later, or a couple of weeks later, yeah. I started interning at OGS Studios. So there, I got to learn a lot about the business aspects of things. I got to do a lot of shoots with with them while they were doing the weddings and the events. Yeah. I got to work with people like Clemens, who's like a brilliant, brilliant photographer. I got to work with uh, Adelina as well. Yeah, uh, I got to see a lot of the um, admin aspects from Iman, who was the the. Um, the building, I mean the office manager. Yeah. And I also got to learn a lot of like, uh, the workflow from Ose and the entire team. Yeah. So it was quite, uh, um, a beautiful knowledge yeah. that we, that I had and which I was able to then bring it back to crafts. Yeah. Yeah. So we went on with craft for like a year at the time we kept on doing weddings because that's the direction we had started with. Mm-hmm. So we kept on doing weddings, events, But somewhere along the line, (laughs) somewhere along the line, I just, I kind of felt like I'm losing the, the, why I got into photography, you know? So my passion for the photography, like started dwindling. And honestly, like uh, we would do weddings or we would get weddings. And although by that time we had like a a team already, like quite a big team, but every wedding that would, um, that we would get, most of the clients would be like, yeah, but we also want you to be there. You know, Yeah. So, yeah they have, the, they I mean, really like, like
1: want the person exactly. to be there. Exactly.
2: So it was very hard for me to delegate, but it was also very hard for me to then, um, like tr- uh, branch off into the things that I was more interested in. Yeah. Yeah. So I think about a year into it, uh, mm-hmm. we, I took a break from it. Yeah. Uh, not knowing initially that it's going to be like a, a full th- full time break. Yeah so i talked to my partner jeremiah and uh, very cordially we i left the studio with him and uh, we split some of the equipment and fortunately as well i think he also stayed for a little bit but also he also got into a corporate job yeah. as did i i also went into a corporate job all right uh, i started working as a jameson brand ambassador in tanzania yeah. so i used to i used to work for for a company called Yeah. so they deal with uh uh, they used to deal with, oh, they still deal with, um, premium spirits. It's more like into the premium spirits industry. Yeah. So I used to, I did, a lo- I did work for them for like a couple of years. It was very exciting because, um, it was completely different from the photography that I was doing because yeah. it wasn't photography. Yeah. But the exciting part, for, the exciting part for it was that I got to then travel quite a bit yeah. through the job but then I also was creating content
1: yeah, while, for, while
2: I'm traveling and yeah. I was also creating content for them. So which kind of inspired me to get back into the original plan that I had set out for myself or mm-hmm. the reason why I got into photography in the first place. Yeah. So again, two years now on the line working for Jameson, a uh, brilliant job. Honestly, I had a great time, but then again, I got that feeling like something is missing in my life, you know? Yeah. So, and literally that thing happened overnight like i woke up one day and i was like i have to i can't i have to I have to go back to photography you know yeah so after a very tough uh, conversation with my my bosses I resigned. Yeah. And then I went to the struggling artist world.
1: <laughs> you're coming you're coming from the life that exactly. you like, you're traveling. Exactly. You're, coming, all expenses you're paid. coming
2: for all expenses paid. You're you're coming from a life of like a, a steady paycheck. Yeah. Uh, a good salary and you, you literally wake up one day and your mind tells like no, how about trying to be a starving artist? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I dived back into into the world. Yeah. <laughs> and all I can say is that the first three, four months were very hectic. Yeah. They were tough. Like, um, it was, it was a struggle to be honest, because, uh, I, I wanted to do it right this time around.
0: Yeah.
2: I wanted to pursue a niche that I was into, yeah. which was the travel photography. Mm-hmm. But I would say also at, at the time, uh, it wasn't really an industry that, uh, had uh, a respect in a sense
0: yeah. or mm. rather
2: even the clients would not uh, you know you can't charge for your, the value that you believe that you you bring yeah, to, to the a table. client yeah. so it was kind of difficult I would say mm. um, and during the time also <laughs> I was getting a little bit tempted because I, I, I was getting tempted by kind of my, my bosses to kind of go back or like you know yeah. or like I got tempted also by a few other companies to come back into instead of like competitors, in in short, yeah. to they thought I left Jamison because a Puerto because maybe I'd, I didn't like the the pay or the the life there, so I was getting a bit of uh, tempted to kind of go back into the the uh, that industry.
0: Yeah,
2: and I will be lying if I say I didn't, <laughs> didn't consider, consider it. because <laughs> I did. Yeah. <laughs> but then I had to tell myself, remind myself why yeah. I decided to do it. Yeah, and I pushed through and I kept doing it. And I started getting like gigs from time, you know, and then, and it kind of things just started falling into place, you know, the pieces of the puzzle started fitting in and I'm just fucking, can I say that?
0: Can you bleep that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm very grateful. It's it's pretty, it's pretty okay. Because I think
1: one thing about (laughs) cursing really, uh, I, I listened to an article last time, <laughs> yeah, and they were talking about, you know, the ability to do that mm. really helps with how mm. intensive. Oh, how meaningful really your words become. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's It is true. really just not another word. Yeah, exactly. But really, an expression of the self.
2: It's true. I think yeah. it just came out. It came <laughs> out from from the depths of appreciation yeah. of the journey. So yeah, I think like uh, once the the rhythm of things started, uh, the, started. I started getting the rhythm of it. Yeah. Uh, I started enjoying the job once again and. Yeah. And then I started branching out to little other niches that I was I was uh, trying to explore, such as uh, documentary photography, yeah. documentary videography, and up until now, I'm so glad that uh, I held on to that because I'm really doing what I dreamed
0: yeah.
2: I would I'd be doing someday, you know. So you are living the dream. I am living the dream. To be <laughs> honest, like I I'd say I'm not there yet, and I don't I don't I don't really believe that anyone truly ever gets there yet yeah you always kind of have to have that hunger you know yeah the moment you think you're there already then that means you get complacent yeah you're not inspired to to improve yourself you're not inspired to learn some more true so i love the hunger i love the feeling of i'm striving to do better yeah improve myself to learn and things are constantly changing in our world you know yeah like um you're, we are constantly up against people who learn way better than you, you know, faster. people who are, they learn faster. They learn all these tricks. I still can do TikTok dances, but <laughs> 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 but from time to time, yeah. we, we try. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to always be on your toes yeah. in this industry.
1: There is something that mm. is very important that you mentioned. Yeah. And that was the fact that at a certain point, mm-hmm. you really like felt like, you know, this is not my thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, you stepped aside from yes. photography from doing specifically yeah. events photography. Yeah. And I think I, for one, mm-hmm. can relate to that because yes. I have been there, yes. like literally been there because the passion is really taking pictures.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. But it
1: is taking pictures of every other thing, mm-hmm. not just that.
2: Yeah, exactly. And exactly. sometimes
1: it's like, why are you so, you know, up in yourself mm-hmm. feeling that, you know, like, you have to just take those particular subjects mm, and not mm, this particular one because exactly. this is the thing that is paying for your paycheck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. the thing that is actually making you live in town. Exactly. But when you are doing it, mm-hmm. you really don't have that spark. Mm, you know, absolutely. There is really like nothing really that, you know... Nothing that motivates
2: you, inspires you, you know. Exactly. Even
1: mm-hmm. if you're doing it, you're mm-hmm. just doing it for the paycheck. Exactly. But I'm trying to think, you mm. know, about that notion yeah. that is it just that the romanticism about Mm -hmm, the job mm
2: -hmm,
1: or is it something bigger? Because when I look at it, Mm -hmm. it is taking pictures. Yeah. 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 It is saving memories. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is storing these, capturing these split seconds of moments of people's lives, of, you know, locations, whatever, and then keep them in storage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, do you think it's, it is just like, you know, romanticizing. I think that is, yeah, like you are romanticizing mm, the process mm. so much. Yeah. That's, you're like, you can't really see mm, mm. whatever it is that you are doing, even yeah. if it's so in demand.
3: Yeah.
2: And yeah. it's
1: so powerful yeah. at that particular point in mm-hmm. time, you're like, no, no, no. I'd rather, no, I'd rather be in Serengeti mm, than mm-hmm. actually being at Serena yeah.
2: capturing a wedding. Mm. So Do you I think d-
1: it's, a, it's a romanticism? So of I the think idea? there
2: is I think there is a bit of romanticizing it. But yeah. in a way, like um I'd say it is important for because we're artists, you know, we are we are creators of of work. You know? Yeah. So I think if you can't find like the beauty in the mundane then it's very hard to like, if you, if you're constantly just taking pictures for the sake of taking pictures, yeah. uh, you can take a, a good picture, but you, for me, I'm always striving mm-hmm. to take emotive pictures, you know, yeah. something that even if I don't explain to the audience, maybe they can connect with the pictures in one way or another. Yeah. But like when you're constantly taking pictures, especially when it's like almost robotic, yeah. like do this, take this, take that. So everything can be very technically correct. Yeah. However, honestly, the passion will not ooze through their images, yeah. you know? So I think, uh, for someone who, uh, you are striving um, also in a way to keep yourself sane, because you're taking these pictures, uh, not just for the, for the money aspect of it, which is always very good, yeah. but you're also <laughs> taking these pictures because you want to feel a spark. You want to feel, you know, you want to be passionate about what you're doing. Yeah. So when you're constantly set up in a position where you're, you're constantly taking the same pictures over and over again, Uh, It's almost like a formula. There's no room to explore. There's no room to, to like try something new. Uh, It gets boring. It gets repetitive. It gets, it's basically a full-time job. You know, it's, it's uh, like, like how I always say, you know, people always say like, oh, quit your job, Uh, go and do something that you love. Honestly, there's people who are doing the nine to fives and they're very passionate about their jobs. Yeah. They found their calling, they found what they're passionate about stick to that. Honestly, you can do whatever you want to side, but if you're the whole notion of like, ah, you know, when you're in the creative industry, that's, that's the, that's where the passion is oozing. Everyone else, I I honestly don't believe in that. The same way in photography or in the creative industry, you can be in the creative industry, but you're doing something that is almost completely against your, 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 your passion, completely against uh, motivating you, you know? So then there is, you're pretty much doing the same thing that you are trying to avoid by going into this industry. Yeah. So I think it's very, like, to create work that resonates with a lot of people, it's it's actually quite important for the passion never to die. Yeah. Like, you have to be passionate about something. It could be, Passion, you could be passionate about taking portraits. Yeah. You could be passionate about taking wed- weddings as well, because there's people who are very passionate about that. Yeah. And you can clearly see in the work that they produce. For instance, Clemens. Clemens is one of my favorite uh, wedding photographers. Yeah. And each each wedding that he he, he take he um, each wedding that he takes or that he does,
0: yeah.
2: the pictures are different.
0: Yeah. You can totally clearly different.
2: see that he takes time to connect with his audience, with the, I mean to connect with his with his clients and creates a story that works for both of them. So someone like that is feeding into the passion of uh, wedding photography which works completely great for him. Yeah. Whereas for me, uh, that wasn't my passion, you know, it was for a certain time, but then, uh, it, it, it wasn't really what I was, I was into. Yeah. So romanticizing is, a, is very much a thing, but I think it is important to romanticize when you're in this industry.
1: Yeah. Especially mm. when you're, you're creating stuff.
2: Exactly. Because at, at, at the end of the day, uh, the results will be, will be different, the client will see the re- the results. Yeah. If you're passionate about a project that you take on, yeah. the results will also reflect
1: in the in the pictures, in, in that, the you pictures take.
2: that you take. Yeah.
1: All right. Now that we are we are talking about subject matters, mm-hmm. and I think up to this particular point in time, my yeah. listener might not really be aware yeah. of the subject matters that you take.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Can we can we go to that? Like, mm-hmm. what what is it about the subject matters that you take with your photography? Yeah. That really spark that speak That's, to you.
2: Mm, so. I, there's a couple of, there's a couple of different subject matters I love to explore. Yeah. Uh, for instance, landscapes. Yeah. I love, I love taking pictures of landscapes. Like even when I'm on the road or when I'm like on a flight, I love just looking down or looking out the window and just taking in the, the views, you know, because I always believe like, again, I say like finding the beauty in the mundane, like there's always little things that if you just look like, quickly if you yeah. just if you don't take your time with it you'll miss a lot of beauty yeah. in a very what may seem like a very plain view you know yeah, yeah. so i usually love to kind of capture little or kind of like notice little things that perhaps with, when if you do it really fast you won't notice yeah. i kind of try to find the beauty in almost uh, all these things but when it comes to people i love capturing like happiness yeah. i love capturing happiness but also i also love capturing like candid moments so when it comes to people, not necessarily happiness, it can be just emotions in in in, in general. Yeah. But uh, mostly happiness is what I love to capture. But for instance, when I take pictures of my friends, when I take pictures of whoever, when when it comes to a person, when I have a, a documentary work and I'm, t- I'm taking pictures of of some clients. <laughs> I like to start off with a joke. I like to, like you know, before I even go into the pictures, I love to get people comfortable. Yeah. Just to like let let me hear their story as well, you know. So it kind of we ease into it. Yeah. And someone, the moment people relax, the moment people like are free with you, with how they speak, with how they act, then there is something that lights up even in the eyes.
0: Yeah, in the pictures. In the pictures. Yeah.
2: You can tell you can go to a place and tell someone smile for this picture, and they can smile, but yeah. the picture will be completely different from someone who you have been having a conversation with, and they give you that you know genuine that smile. genuine smile. You yeah. know? So I'm always striving to capture like emotions, uh, even when it, when it comes to animals as well. I usually, especially when you're taking pictures of animals, yeah. uh, there's a lot of patience that needs to be that you need to have yeah. because you're trying to capture if you just touch on an animal, you, you won't capture those, you know, those moments that otherwise you would miss, you know? So you have to be patient. You have to be still, you almost have to be invisible. And then you'll be able to capture that, you know, something that the world does not uh, see on a daily basis. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I love to find like beautiful things that to the, like to my naked eye sometimes, I can't necessarily see unless I'm patient with it, unless I take my time with it. Yeah. Mm.
1: So, initially, I think when we are starting photography, yeah. the thing that has us on a chokehold mm-hmm. is the brand of the camera that you're using. Yeah. 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 yeah that yeah, is true. like always the exactly. thing that has been there. Mm-hmm. I have been shooting with Sony since I started. Yeah. Yeah. My first camera was a Sony mm-hmm. A58. Mm. To date, I'm shooting with the Sony A7 Mark three, The choice of a camera, really, yeah. you know, it is like a paint a paintbrush to a painter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how you choose that and how you grow with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're
2: almost like, you're almost locked into it. It's a marriage of sorts. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a marriage of
1: sorts, but yeah. you know, with technology changing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're like, again, I the romanticism mm-hmm. that comes with art. Yeah. You, yeah. Do I really want do to I keep really? shooting yeah, like this? It's true. Do I want to change something like mm-hmm, that? Mm-hmm. You started with the Nikon D 5200. Yeah. yeah 5300.
2: 5300.
1: 5300. Yeah. I, I had like, mm. This fascination, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. Nikon D3200. Yes, yes,
2: so the one with the. Did it have the flip? No, I, no, no. I don't even remember yeah, if it had mm, a flip, mm, but it
1: really looked like mm, a DSLR. Mm-hmm,
2: it was actually.
1: Yeah, but mm. I had no money for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so I went for Sony. That yeah. is like when they started with their mirrorless light. Yeah. And the next <clears> thing I know, I'm like, Sony's the thing because yeah. these are mirrorless cameras, they're light. Yeah. And they work like everything else. They are mm-hmm. cheaper as well. Yeah. And it was okay, okay. So I can afford that, like thousand yeah. two hundred dollars mm-hmm. for a seven Mark two. Yeah. And I said, okay, I'm just gonna shoot with that. Yeah. But every time Something I looked at and of. see a Canon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that camera looks really, really tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially it's the raggedy. Yeah, mm. 5D Mark III. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That to me is really like a camera that is pretty, pretty tough. Because yeah. whenever you're looking at a, an A7 Mark II, mm-hmm. you can't compare to a, a 5D Mark three.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: You can't. Yeah. So tell me about your approach to gear now. Mm-hmm. Because I think with time, yeah. at least for me, mm-hmm. I really, I still have like a fascination with a certain camera. Yeah. yeah. But I don't mind really working with anything right, that is exactly, out there. Exactly. Yeah, even yeah. if it's my phone, even mm-hmm. if it's anything, mm-hmm. really anything that is out there. Yeah. I can take it
2: and then And yeah. I can use it. Yeah.
1: So do you still have like that fascination with yeah. cameras and gears?
2: So for me, actually I'd say, uh, it was very, it was a very great thing for me. Like very early on, yeah. I loved my Nikon. Like when I started, It was literally like, I called it Nikita. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, so it was, I loved it. I loved everything about it because right before I got my cameras, I literally went into the same, you know, that everyone goes into, what should I get? Sony, should I get a Nikon, should I get a Canon? And I settled for the Nikon, for the price point, first of all, but also for, from all the multitude of research that I'd done at the time. But then when my friend Jerry and I started the craft studios, uh, what we did was we... We again we brainstormed on what camera and equipment that we should get, and somehow we ended up going for uh, sorry, uh, canons. Yeah. So that was when I started using canons, but at the same time I had my Nikon body still. Yeah. So I I for a very long time I'd been using both my Canon and my Nikon. Yeah. So I I never really had such a like, Oh my goodness, I'm such a Canon guy. like you know, although yeah. that now I probably am,
3: <laughs> but
2: like, I, I learned to appreciate different models,
0: yeah.
2: different, uh, machines. Like I learned to appreciate the Nikons. I learned to appreciate the, the Canons. I haven't had the chance to use Sonys yet, but it's one of those things where like you say, yeah. Oh man, should I get a Sony? Yeah. I've always wanted to get a Sony because like, um, because I know they're excellent with low light and high dynamic range, so yeah. it's something I've always wanted to try. But then mm-hmm. again, with this, uh, unfortunately, with our industry, you can't just one day wake up and decide, okay, I'm going to switch to a whole new system. System. Yeah. So because it's expensive, yeah, it's not. It's not uh, realistic, you know. So it's almost like a marriage again. Once you, you, it's a marriage of convenience. Yeah. And it's not easy to just say like, oh, I'm going to leave my family now.
3: <laughs> you
0: know,
2: <laughs> it's not so easy. It's not that easy. Yeah. So I ended up using Canon, uh, and I'd been using a 6D Mark II. Yeah. No, actually, 6D for the for the longest time actually. Yeah. And my only my only thing was now to try and get better lenses. Yeah. Because the lenses are everything, you know. Yeah. So I tried to. I kept trying to keep uh, improve the lenses that I have. Eventually I was able to get, uh, which is a long story in itself. but I was able to get the Canon 5D Mark 4 through the help of the people. We're going
0: to talk about that.
2: (laughs) So, and that's the camera I'm using to date. Yeah. Yeah. So the only thing I I would always do, maybe buy a new lens or like if my lens is messed up, like replace it.
0: Yeah.
2: And otherwise, uh, that has been the journey at the, at the moment. I'm also, ch- uh, looking into the R, the R series, the, yeah, ca- the yeah. Canon R series, yeah. because, um, obviously I'm, I still love my, my Mac four, yeah. but obviously there's a lot of new things, new improvements in all these cameras that you have to go with the times, yeah, you know, yeah. so I'm still going to stick to my Canon, yeah. <laughs> but I will obviously in the future, uh, branch into like a mirrorless as well.
1: Have there uh, has yeah. there ever been like a, an offer from Canon because
2: um, you have
1: been working with their yeah. gear?
2: So I have not necessarily an offer, but I have Canon has sent me um, a bag, a camera bag, yeah, before, yeah, and because I've also participated in a lot of their their uh, photography competitions, yeah. So and. Yeah, that's the, that's the support that I've gotten from Canon so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I do wish to be honest that in Tanzania, especially we would get, we would get some of those, uh, like for instance, like what Kenya has where like a new camera has come out and they give some of their photographers to test it out, you know? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we really don't have that. I don't think we've had that with any particular brand.
0: Yeah,
2: I think also because they don't really have a base in Tanzania yeah. and most of these brands do not, but it would be. Absolutely incredible for photographers here to also get to try out equipment yeah. like uh, other countries can do. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: The story of your <laughs> Canon 6D. Yeah.
2: That got lost in Zanzibar. <laughs> yes. 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 Really in Saotis Abusara, by exactly. the way. Exactly. <laughs>
1: what really happened that night?
2: Okay. So that night, I think it was actually the first, my first Saotis Abusara. Yeah. Yeah. And I was doing work for clients, actually. Yeah. Uh, the sponsors of the, of the Southeast Sarah. Yeah. And I had, I had just finished working. Yeah. So I had my camera still with me. And uh, one of my favorite bands was performing BCUC yes. at the time. Yes, yeah. Yes. And they were like, they were on fire. Honestly. Crazy night. And I was with my friends and we, I went there, took some incredible pictures of them. And we even got to, we had a moment where we were with them as well after the, after the the performance,
0: yeah,
2: I took some great pictures there. So all of us were very like hyped up and like very very excited for the entire day. But then none of us had had food. You know, I was working the entire night. My friends were also like there, but they were um, they were mostly enjoying the night. Yeah. So what we decided to do was um, after the Saudi Zabusair closed, we went to look for a place where we could have food and then go out. You this know. is the night now. Is the night, yeah, yeah. because uh, BCUC after their performance. And I think there was a couple of other performances, and the, the day ended. Yeah. So we went out to look for food and then we would go out for the night, yeah. you know? So at the time there wasn't anything opened close by the, in the vicinity. Yeah. So we went to this place called Wawani, I think. Yeah. Wawani. Yeah. So we went to Wawani and they had like a restaurant that was opened upstairs. Yeah. And then there was a club downstairs. Yeah. So we went up there to the restaurant and I sat down literally with my bag. I had it all along. I had it right there (laughs) and it was right next to me. And then my friends, one of my friends went to uh, get like to get the order, the food order. And then the other one went to the bathroom. (laughs) And when they came, when they came back, I mean, one of them came back, the one that went to get the food, and they're like, hey, bro, hey, daddy, what's up? You look dazed, like, what, Like, why Why are you so chilled, you know? Yeah, yeah. So then I was like, ah, okay, let me just grab some gum from my, from my bag. So I tried to get reach to the bag. I'm like, oh, shit, where's my bag? I can't find my bag. So I, first of all, like, recollected myself. Panicked, but I'm trying to recollect myself. I'm like, I'm 100% sure. I'm positively percent sure I had the camera bag with me. Cause I remember very clearly putting it right next to, to me on that table.
0: Yeah.
2: And then, so everyone starts frantically searching, like look around, look around. So everyone, like everyone was searching, everyone was like going around asking the, the, the barman, asking the people around because there was only like a couple of tables that were, were occupied around, yeah. uh, occupied at, at that time we went, we literally started retracing to places that I know I haven't even gone, you know? Yeah. Started to like the taxi that we took, all these things, but in my mind, I was 100% sure I went with the camera bag over there. Yeah, and the funny thing is, like, right before we went to right before we went to Boani in my mind, like, I was like, Fuck, I have all these things, I want to drop off this camera at the hotel, yeah, before we go for the food. But then I don't know what happened, everything was happening. Then I was like, ah. and then at some point, when everyone was panicking, and then it just downed on me, I was like bro, this it's gone.
0: Yeah.
2: So then someone came up to me there and was like, you know what? This place has a lot of thieves and usually we know where they are. And so tomorrow we can even go and check. I was like, listen, when you get that person, tell them I'm willing to buy the camera off them again. Yeah. Cause it had my, my equipment, had my, had all my gear, first of all. Yeah. And it had my hard drives. Fortunately, I had copied my client work. That was the only thing I was grateful for because like, I I had this thing where I was like, I would copy things, I'd copy things, I'd copy things. So fortunately the person I was with also shooting, I'd copied all the work with them. And so now I'm, I'm there like almost in a daze, in a state of shock, I'm like, this is what's done is done. Yeah. Stop, everyone just needs to stop like frantically looking for it. Let's have a good time.
0: <laughs> so
2: immediately we <laughs> went... Trouble and, aside. Like, honestly, travel aside. Yeah. Let's get some drinks. Let's forget this. Yeah. So like my friends were constantly telling me like, like I know we we're having fun, but I could also see those, those little side eyes, like this guy is in a yeah. state of shock,
0: <laughs> you know?
2: So, but then uh, eventually the next morning, one of my friends had asked me, I was like, actually, how do you feel now? Yeah. I was like, and I remember very clearly saying like, you know what? I actually... I do not know how I'm going to recover all my equipment, but I just know something is going to work out. You know, I I just know it's going to work out. Like I just had this assurance at the very, at that particular moment, I didn't know how, but I really just had this assurance that everything is going to be right.
0: Yeah.
2: You know? So, and then I came back here and obviously uh, told a couple of my other friends, told my my folks uh, that I lost my equipment. And then obviously they, they, the usual questions and the usual blame would be like, why are you going out? Why are you drinking? Why are you? you know, the thing is, I wish I was drinking. <laughs> I wish I was actually, I wish I had a reason, you know, at the time, but I, I lost it because I was actually, you know, wasted or something like that, but I wasn't, you know? So yeah. in my mind, it was a bit frustrating during that time when you're trying to explain to someone and everyone is like, nah, you must have been drunk. You must have, you know, so Uzenbe. My, Uzenbe, you know, my, okay. <laughs> someone told me, when you, are, that's more of my kid. When you to oh my goodness! You know, I'm like these things can happen to anyone. And the moment you, you know, you've been constantly holding that bag for so long. Yeah, you've been very careful with it because you obviously know things like this happen. Yeah, and you obviously know you. You've always thought that this would never happen to you.
1: Yeah, exactly. Do you know, it never, never this will happen, never I'm happen too to you.
2: But then it happens to you, and you're like, oh my goodness! So even. Last time someone, it happened to that other person, it was not actually was (laughs) ever, you know. So it was a difficult uh phase when you're trying to explain and everything, yeah. And then one of my friends uh decided to open a GoFundMe account, uh, Tracy, she was in the states at the time, yeah. And so I told her, like, okay, just put like a thousand dollars because at least if you put a thousand dollars, you can i mean i can I can obviously then uh, like work for the rest of the um, of the equipment and that will kick me kick start me give me a kickstart to somewhere somewhere yeah and then she was like no man you you there's no way I'm putting a thousand dollars I'm gonna put two thousand dollars because I'm sure people will, will be will want to help and I was like yeah, do your thing twenty one <laughs> so then uh she set up the account the hardest thing was actually now uh writing the story. Yeah. Telling people what happened, yeah, because I wrote the story. I had to like be very descriptive, and also take accountability. Because to be honest, I don't take the blame away from myself. As much as it can happen to everyone, I definitely should have left my equipment after after the job. Yeah, but I took it. So there was for when you're writing something like this and appealing to to people, you have to be very honest first yeah. of all, and you also have to be accountable. That as much as yes, it's the it's these things happen. But it's also your fault in a way that you could have avoided it yeah. by simply putting your things aside earlier. Yeah. So I wrote that and then set up everything. I mean, she set up everything, and then I shared the story. And I just remember, like, I was just very nervous about the entire ordeal. So almost like immediately after, or like a couple of hours after, I, I like. Halfway to like maybe people like when the contributions started pouring in, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Like I was immediately like, "What is going on?" Like it was you know, crazy that day. It was day. crazy. It was actually. I remember that day. It was so crazy. Like uh, I think in less than twelve hours, I was almost already halfway through, and I was just like, "Oh my goodness, what is going on?" Like the donations kept pouring in from my my pesa People started reaching out, like different people that I, I don't even know. Yeah. The best part for me was actually, um. Uh, Other photographers, there were some photographers that I didn't even know at the time. There's people that were, that had been following me or that were following each other. They offered their cameras for me to use during that time, which was for me, like, honestly, like that was the the most beautiful thing that happened at the time. Because truly I did have other clients, but I didn't have the equipment. But in, even if I could have bought it, it would have taken some time. Yeah. So people offered the equipment. Uh, there was even one one guy called Daniel Hyduk. He even gave me his camera.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, he had a an extra Fuji, so he gave me the camera and a couple of lenses. And I was like, "Thank you so much." Once I'm, I get my equipment, I'll return it. And he was like, "No, there's uh, there's no need to do that. This yeah. is yours." Yeah. So uh, like things like that, I was so grateful. You know, like it was just like all this outpouring of love from all these different places. Yeah. It was so surreal for me. Yeah. At some point I was like, I was so overwhelmed. I was like, okay, let me just switch off my phone for some time. Yeah. Uh, just to like, let this all soak in. Yeah. And then I switched off my phone and then I think it was almost about the 24 hour mark when I switched it on.
0: Yeah.
2: And I was honestly, absolutely shocked that the, the Tracy had put $2,000, but through all the, all the money and all the pourings of support that I had gotten the, the, the funds had had gone up to I think two thousand i think six hundred or seven hundred dollars, and I was just like honestly you know, I was in tears, man, to be honest, like straight up, like I was like, "How did this happen? you know yeah. in less than twenty four hours this has happened, and I just sat down honestly, and I was like eternally grateful first of all,
0: yeah
2: I was just so thankful. I called my mom's. So I was like, "Yo, did you just see what happened?" <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, ecstatic. She couldn't believe it. And uh, I was just in this phase where, like, honestly, I don't know what to think. I was almost yeah. in a state of shock. Yeah. And it was incredible to be honest. And like, so the camera that I lost and all the equipment was even because I had a sixty at the time. Yeah. And the sixty was quite affordable at the time, and I'd used I'd literally used that camera for almost like three four years. So, and in that year. I had also, also been thinking of maybe trying to get like a 5D Mac three or something like to upgrade. Yeah. But because of that, I was able then to now get a Canon 5D Mac four. Yeah. Which at the, at the time when, when I was ordering it.
0: Yeah.
2: What happened was there was a sale on Amazon. There was one of those black Friday sales or like a flash sale. Yeah. And instead of paying, I think it was about $3,000 at the time. Yeah. I ended up paying $1,900 for wow. the camera. Oh. Wow. And so that that means I was able to get an, uh, um, 50 millimeter as well.
0: Yeah.
2: I was able to get the body and mm-hmm. then I was able to get some more, um, equipment like a tripod, yeah. the camera bag. Honestly, It'll even as, on I'm, your foot like, even as I'm saying this, I'm, as I'm speaking it to be, to be honest, it's still such a surreal thing for me. Yeah. Um, immediately when everything like, and then also again, like see how thing, how God works in mysterious ways. Like, uh, immediately after also I was having a chat with someone on the same week about the whole situation that now I was able to, to get all that equipment and all that equipment is with my friend uh, in New York. So I'll just, I'll just wait for her when she comes uh, a couple of months later, she'll come with it. Then this guy was like, I literally just met this dude. I was like, yo, actually, I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to Mexico for his sister's wedding, but on the way back he's going to pass to, he's going to go through New York and stay for a bit. And he was like, I can actually bring it back for you. And I was like, what? Like, you know, everything just kind of aligns in the same. So, and then I, I called Tracy and then I was like, if she can send the equipment to, to his address and they sent it to his address. And then uh, in a week later, I had all my equipment. So it was just tax-free, duty-free. T- <laughs> <laughs> I say that?
1: <laughs> we didn't really have to say that because I plead the fifth. Because because the, the beauty, the yeah. beauty, or the hard thing yeah. about <laughs> really like getting into photography <laughs> in Tanzania, it is true. Is really like the amount of taxes you absolutely. have to pay for these equipment mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because sometimes it's actually maybe fifty percent of absolutely. what you're buying. It's it true. It's so absolutely true. It is really really it is hard. True.
2: So getting someone to actually bring it for you, yeah. That was actually, it was, it was a blessing to be honest. Then at the end of the day, I had all this extra, there was an extra, almost like an extra hundred or $200. Yeah. Which I contributed to someone because they helped, they helped me quite a lot during the process. Yeah. And then uh, what happened was because now I have, I had another camera, Daniel, Daniel's camera. And I I wasn't, I used it for a time as an, as an extra camera. But then in, in the end, I also realized like, Uh, Rather than hold on to that camera, I'd rather give it to someone else who might, who might be in need, yeah, be in need for it. Yeah. So, and that person has been using it, and I, fortunately, actually, very recently, I've also. Uh, got in touch with them because now they can afford something better. Yeah. So they're going to give me the camera back yeah. and I'm also hoping to then pass it on to someone else yeah. who might need it. So I I almost honestly want this camera to be that for different people. Yeah. So I give it to someone else and obviously when they are able to get something else, they can pass it on to someone else. Yeah. You know, like keep the, keep the, the blessings going.
0: Yeah.
2: And so that also brings me to the the hashtag, which is
0: camera yet because
2: yeah. that is our camera essentially. Yeah. Camera Kijiji. so it really took a village yeah and every time i use this camera like i it will always remind me of the generosity of strangers the generosity of friends the generosity of everyone who contributed to keeping this dream alive
0: yeah Mm.
1: so if we go back danny to Mm. that particular moment right up until that moment Mm. really you had been building your followers yeah or your follow-up in, in Instagram specifically, mm-hmm. just posting these wonderful, beautiful nature photos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is something that I remember. Yeah. Maybe only you mm-hmm. and the likes of some Vox yeah. Yeah. were able to really like grow their accounts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just posting something outside of weddings, weddings events, yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything else. Yeah. Now... What do you really think pulled people that, that much towards your content? Because mm-hmm. I think from day one, even yeah. if you go back to your turkey pictures yeah, yeah. in your account, yeah. the very, very bottom of it, mm-hmm. it has been about nothing than, other than just landscape, yeah. places that you visit, yeah. maybe a little bit of food. Yeah. But really your brand yeah. has been about landscape.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So what is this like actually, like mm-hmm. where are your followers coming from? Yeah. What do you think people really get from your page? So I think for me,
2: the reason I actually started the page initially was for myself, you know, the yeah. whole point of me getting the camera was to document the things that I would see, you know, yeah. the places that I didn't have access to before, yeah. but then now I have access to uh, the landscapes that I was able to see the people, you know? Yeah. So my following really took off when I came back here actually.
0: Yeah.
2: And then I, because before, before uni or before, anything else. I had not really traveled extensively in Tanzania. Yeah. So even when we were in school, I'd never done like the the school trips or anything, any of that. So I really had not seen Tanzania. Yeah. But when we were in uni, uh, I was always the biggest champion of like, yeah, you have to go to Tanzania. You have to go to Tanzania. Always showing people like work from Google or from other people that uh, were in Tanzania. Yeah. So for me, one of the things that I really was, was striving to do, especially when I came back, was to share places in Tanzania, not just for the people. And I specifically, it wasn't for the outsiders. It was for for people like me, you know, or Tanzania and Zango, you know, because a lot of these places were always meant or were always portrayed as inaccessible to fellow Tanzanians, you know? Yeah. So then once I started learning how to like access these places, whether budget-wise, whether through a client work, I really wanted to share The beauty of Tanzania, you know, the beauty of the landscapes, the beauty of the people and all the things that uh, I saw along the way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what resonated with people, because uh, this was a time when your Most of the beauty or most of the landscapes that you've been seeing uh, about your country has been from either like a foreign photographer who came yeah. or from Google or something like that. Yeah. So I think what resonated with a lot of people is that they were able to see Tanzania through the eyes of their fellow Tanzanian. Yeah. So it was very nice to, to be able to do. And I think that's why I had a very strong and to date I have a very strong, like loyal following in that sense, because these are people who have grown with me from the very first, from the very beginning when I had like very, like what hundred, 200 followers or something like that. Yeah. So it's very nice to have, it's like a community yeah. that I've grown. Then they've also, then they've also seen me grow, yeah. you know, like my style has changed over the years. It keeps changing. I keep learning. I keep trying to do the different things. Yeah. So they have grown with me. And I think for them, it's, again, it's like camera to Ville They, 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 they are, they were a part of it. So this is not just my story. This is all of everyone's story. Yeah. You know, like when you've grown with someone for so long, Yeah you are very much a part of that person's life as well. Yeah, You've seen everything. You've seen how they grow. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the reason why people resonated with it.
1: I've mentioned some Vox and mm, yeah, yeah, I realize yeah. I've seen. You
2: see his work here. His yeah. work here. Yeah, exactly.
1: Tell so me about mm. your relationship with him.
2: So Sam was also, so when I came back from, uh, when I came back to Tanzania, uh, I used to like doing like um, these photo walks, you know, Unfortunately, we don't really do them as much anymore. Yeah, I think yeah. everyone is quite busy. Like, life just came at us, to be honest. But we used to do, like, uh, meetups. We did a meetup with some folks, uh, Shalua, Shadowoka, yeah. and a few other, Neema, and a few other photographers. And that's when we actually got to know each other because we just used to know each other from Instagram. From Instagram. Yeah. So it was through that that I we, we got to connect with other different photographers. You see this wall over here? Yeah. Like, my plan actually is to this is a gallery or well, there's this and that other side. Yeah. So my plan is to have work of different photographers, not just from Tanzania yeah. and a few from East Africa as well. Yeah. So I reached out to a couple of photographers and what we're doing is going, it's going to be like a, an image exchange. Yeah. So I'll have some of their work. They'll have some of my work. So, because I just love to see, you know, like, So I love to see the work from different, different photographers, different, you know, because a lot of these people we've grown together in this industry, you know, so it's a good reminder. Like I want to have it here because it's also a good reminder of how far we've come and how far I've come with different people, you know? And so Sam, Sam is one of the first people whose work I have, Yeah, like, uh, he's recently done the, his print prints. Uh, his catalogue, I think a print sale. Yeah. And I just, I just had to have some of his work. Yeah. It was a, it was a struggle to actually decide (laughs) which one to pick. pick, But I settled for that one and I think it looks quite, quite great over there.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: So you're among the very few photographers who, you know, said the work can't just leave on screen. Yeah. And that is just limited to Instagram. True. And you know, you have to give life Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. a picture in another Space. Yeah. And that is through printing. Yes. It is it is a topic that is very famous among photographers. You know, yeah. print your work, print your work, print your work. True. But given the times that we have been living, mm-hmm. it is something that, you know, just comes, goes, yeah. comes, goes. It's true. But you have been doing that. Yeah. And yeah. your prints sell really, really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. What was the initial thing that really like prompted you mm-hmm. into, you know, say, now I to want print. to print?
2: Yeah. So I think the first time I printed actually was um, I think there was an exhibition at Nafasi Art Space. Yeah. And uh, my friend Valerie, who at the time I think was a part of the, the committee or managerial managers there.
0: Yeah.
2: uh, Like (laughs) reached out and was like, Danny, you have to give me a couple of prints, you know? Yeah. So that was the first time I, I printed. And I think at the time I didn't even know where to print, you know? Yeah. Like when you're thinking of photography, photographic prints, it's not the same prints that you would do for the weddings and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think at the time I printed at DTP.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because I think that was the only one that I knew at the time. And it was quite uh, exciting that I printed it. And immediately I think Valerie, I think the next day told me like, oh, actually there's two people who wanted your print now, you know? Yeah, Yeah. And that was the entry point for printing for me. Yeah. And then again, like you said, the next time I actually we had a conversation yeah. because you were already printing some of your work and uh, you hooked me up with some of the, the printers and stuff like that. So, yeah. and then the next time I actually significantly now went into printing was uh, Valerie again, like it comes full circle. Like Valerie had, who was also one of the people that really helped me when it came to my, my, when I lost my camera, you know, yeah. Just to get the world, uh, the world around there and like, you know, so, but then when she had, um, it was around the COVID time, I think it was right, right at the COVID time, yeah. she had got like, um, a, a scholarship to Oxford yeah. and unfortunately because of the situation with the COVID, she was, uh, the the tuition that she was supposed to receive, the funds that she was supposed to receive from them or uh, a cut down. Yeah. So the only thing I could do at the time, or like I thought of doing immediately was maybe put up, put up a print sale yeah. and, 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 sh- uh, share it with the people. And it was like a limited, like it was just like 10 prints. Yeah. So uh, really quick. And the, all the money would go to, uh, Valerie's account. Yeah. So I didn't know what to expect to be honest, because I'd never really sold prints like that. Um, so I did the prints, the, i I was fortunate enough that uh the printer that I used my guy ali uh when I explained to him on uh when I explained to him about the uh the reason why I was printing
0: yeah
2: uh he gave me such a great uh, great offer for the prints yeah and honestly I don't think there's anyone who has such excellent quality printing, printing in Tanzania, to be yeah, honest.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, it can be on par with anyone else from anywhere around the world. Yeah. He's very meticulous with his printing. He's very meticulous with the selection mm-hmm. of the paper. So when he gave me the, when he gave me that, like, you know, the, the work, when I received
0: it yeah.
2: for the first time, it's like for the first time I was looking at my work, you know,
0: yeah,
2: a tangible thing. Like I'm I'm holding something that I've actually created, you know, so it was such a, such a, a huge moment for me yeah. to actually see your work, but also to see it in such excellent quality paper, Yeah, you know? So, and then I went, I went and also found a, a framer, uh, Art and Frame, yeah. who has been doing this for over what, 50 years now?
0: Yeah, Mozo has been Muzu doing has been this
2: doing job for a very long for time. For a very no? long time. He's such a brilliant artist as well. So, yeah. so again, um, he also, we also worked out the type of frames that I want. Yeah. Cause the first time I was actually now looking into frames and stuff like that. And for me, I was like, if I'm going to print something in high quality paper, yeah. I'm also going to use a high quality frame. Yeah. So the price was not cheap, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. but at the same time I was like, this is how I want my work to be presented. Yeah. You know, it's like, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't be stingy about it. I can't be, I can't take shortcuts with it. Yeah. And fortunately, Like the work just came out incredible, to be honest. I looked at that work and I was like, wow, this is, this is brilliant from the framing, the printing. And so I put up the, I did the little uh, sale. I put the sale up. And again, in less than 24 hours, all of the images were gone. I did not expect it because even at at that point, I was like, I didn't know that Tanzanians, because most of the people that bought it at the time were also Tanzanians. I didn't know they would appreciate work from local Tanzanians, first of all. Yeah. Uh, and also it wasn't the price point wasn't cheap because obviously I also have, I've put in a lot of money in it, like it was expensive to produce. So I have to make money for the, for the, for the printing, but as well, I also have to make a profit so that I can give the the money to Valerie. So it was an excellent way to start because it set a benchmark for how I can go on with my prints. So what happened immediately after this, uh, the print sale, what happened was a lot of people then started asking for prints like, Oh, sorry, we missed the sale. We missed the principal. So that was like, okay, so there is a market for this. Yeah. And so that's when I started, uh, doing more prints. Um, I'm so grateful to be honest because that it's really worked so well. Yeah. Like, uh, I've been, I've sold prints to people like outside of Tanzania. I've sold people, prints to people in Tanzania, to hotels, to friends across, overseas you know so it's just such a blessing and also still very like surreal to realize that your work is in different parts of the world you know it's such it's such a humbling but also such a fulfilling a moment of pride you know yeah so it's very exciting to see so what i decided in the end was like i will have um i will create bodies of work throughout a certain period of time yeah and then create a catalog. Yeah. So so far I've done two catalogs and they've all done very well. Yeah. So I'm now gearing up to create my third and fourth catalog. Yeah. Because uh, my first two catalogs were, were like, uh, I didn't really have a limited edition catalog.
0: Yeah.
2: So I did get a lot of uh, requests from people who are like collectors, but obviously they want things that are limited, limited edition. edition. Yeah. So that also challenged me to kind of look into how people do it You know, how people from the rest of the world are doing limited editions, how uh, photographers that uh, inspire me do it. So at this moment, I'm in a period of research, as I say. I had expected actually to have the prints ready, uh, the catalogs ready by even February. But then I've realized I'm not there yet. Like I I don't have enough juice (laughs) to put it out there. And I really want to take my time with this. So now I'm doing a lot of research on different ways to print and different paper. I'm um, doing research and also the framing. I've also started experimenting with frames like this one that you see from yeah.
0: Uh
2: recycled wood. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking this year, let's say to just kind of improve because I always believe that if you start doing something, you only need to keep on improving. Yeah. You can go back. Yeah. You can yeah. slack. Mm. Yeah.
1: You can, you can never really go you can back. Never go back. Yeah. yeah. So the thing also about your journey as a photographer, yeah. and I think now it makes sense that you worked with Gemerson. Yeah. You're also working with Johnny Walker now.
2: Yeah.
1: How did that partnership happen uh between you and Johnny Walker?
2: So with Johnny Walker, with Jameson, that was a work thing. That was like a full time um it was a job, like a nine to five. Yeah. So I was doing uh strategy, I was doing like event planning, I was doing a lot of things. Like it was it was a full time nine to five. Yeah. Um with Johnny Walker, it's more of like especially last year, I now started working with brands. Yeah. Because for the longest time I wasn't working, I didn't want to do like uh brand partnerships. Yeah. But last year I I decided like if I can find brands that I can resonate with, yeah. that I can seamlessly create content without, you know, uh with with without it being too far off from my brand, yeah, I will work with them. So uh that's how I was able to to secure a deal with Johnny Walker as well. Yeah. Um so through my manager, uh, we're working through different deals. I have a manager when it comes to like, to these types of deals, not, yeah. not everything, but for these. for these types of deals. Yeah. So, and it, it's, and once, once we, we got into it, we kind of discussed what we want to do. We set the parameters for it, the, the deliverables, yeah. just as long as everything kind of still works in line with. brand that i've already put out there yeah you know so even when i come when it comes to creating the content for like johnny walker let's say
0: yeah
2: i always try to keep the content as true to my content as possible yeah like maybe travel maybe like in in my house when i'm cooking and stuff like that uh so try to pair it try to pair what i'm already doing yeah with the content that i'm creating for brand so it works it works great for both of us yeah yeah
1: like it's a very seamless yeah, yeah. attachment between
2: the exactly. two words. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I think for many people, really that yeah. partnership of Johnny Walker mm-hmm. with a photographer, yeah. I think last, last year or something, or maybe last two years, mm-hmm. we saw something being done between Hennessy and um, the art world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and that is, has been something that is going around Yeah. that, I think it's all I want campaign Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that Hennessy just partners with different creators Mm -hmm. in different economies Mm -hmm. and they push their brand like that. And I think for the first time we saw Mutua Mateka in the, in the, in in that one. Yeah, 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 it's true. And -hmm. then it was like, Oh, all right. Mm -hmm. Photographers can really like be Mm -hmm. part of that. And I think for you partnering up with Johnny Walker really is a very big statement in the photography world that you really just don't have to take pictures. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You can also become a, the face of a brand.
2: Yeah, true.
1: How far does that go mm. to you? Like,
2: so I, I am actually, I am actually happy that these conversations have started in Tanzania. Yeah, because like for a long time we've been seeing this happening in Kenya. Yeah, in like uh, South Africa, in Nigeria. Yeah, where like uh, brands actually appreciate the value that creatives, photographers, videographers bring to them. Yeah. and rather than uh, doing the old school marketing. Where like they would use like a very a celebrity with like thousands or millions of followers. Yeah. But then they would just like slap on uh like a um what like a picture or something that the brand has provided for them without actually adding value to it. I think that those days are long gone. Yeah. So people want to resonate with with what the photographer or what with what the brand ambassador is providing. Yeah. You know, so and who better to create content than people who are already creating content. Yeah. So it's nice to see that now brands are seeing that in Tanzania Yeah. and several brands are now using this approach to market or like to promote their, their stuff. So it's, it's also nice to see that with time, they also understand the value that uh, creatives, uh, photographers bring to their brand. Yeah. Whereas, in the very beginning, wh- one thing I also, one thing I completely, the reason I stopped or not stopped, but the reason I didn't want to work with brands was because you would get like an email from, from a brand telling you like, Oh, why don't you promote, uh, do this, do this with a crazy amount of deliverables. Yeah. And then we're going to give you like product yeah. or we're going to give you like a free stay. We're going to give you like uh what, 100,000, 50,000. But like, We spend so much money on like, you know, on our craft, on everything, on the equipment, on our craft, the time and everything. And if you're using the work that we create to create value for your brand and make millions and millions of money, why don't you pay the creative what they're owed, you know, like what they deserve? So I think that there has been a shift in Tanzania. Yeah. And I, I, really, I really believe that a lot of these brands are now emulating what has been happening in Kenya and South Africa for such a long time yeah. because they've been very successful with working with influencers or micro-influencers, photographers in that sense. Yeah. And now I'm happy that it's actually finally in Tanzania.
1: It's happening here. Yeah,
2: it's happening here. So I, that's also one thing I would also tell different photographers, try to reach out to some of these brands, you know. Yeah. If you have a brand that you're passionate about, reach out, see how you can work with them. Yeah. You don't always have to wait for them to reach approach out to you, you. Yeah. if you have a brand, because sometimes these brands don't have a team that tells them these things, yeah. you know, or they, ha- they might have a team that is stuck in the old ways that will be like, oh no, let's use a popular celebrity or a popular musician. Yeah. Whereas you know you can create better value for these this brands. Yeah. So rather than wait, you can also do the first step and approach, yeah. create your proposal, send it to them,
1: yeah. take it from there. You had a very mm. wonderful stay at the Mantis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year? Yes. I think that might mm. be Was that the highlight of your last year?
2: That was definitely the highlight of my last year.
1: How did that uh, happen?
2: Uh so that happened was uh, what happened was like I ha- I was in touch with someone from uh Accor. Accor Accor it's like a chain of hotels across the world. Yeah. So I had been touch- in they had been in touch with me for such a long time like I think even way before COVID. Yeah. But uh we never really got to uh, work because I think at the time I was also doing so much, like yeah. I was doing, I was doing a lot of documentary work. So I was moving a, 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 a lot around Tanzania. So, but then finally after the COVID period, uh, they reached out to me again and they were like, okay, this time we really have to get it, like really have to do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So even when all this was happening for me, I was like, ah, this is so surreal. Like, you know, how is this happening? You know, this is never really happened. Like Harry Styles said, yeah. it never really happens to people <laughs> like me. <laughs> but truly, it never really happens to you know people like to yeah. people like me. So yeah. uh, I was just there. Like, how is this happening? You know, like I was very much in disbelief. Yeah. But uh, from the very moment we got in touch uh, to the 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 curation of the entire experience for me, yeah, it was beautiful. To be honest, like. Yeah. It's, it made me aspire to do more. It made me aspire to want more for myself. Yeah. It made me aspire to also like see how I can work with, with, uh, with, uh, different hotels and brands even here, or yeah. not necessarily hotels, just brands here yeah. Yeah. because the level of respect, the level of uh, professionalism they brought to the table,
0: yeah.
2: it also inspired me to, you know, do more and yeah. also to want to do more, yeah. you know? So it was such an eye opener for me. Um, and again, it is such, is one of those things that I'm happy that it's coming now to Tanzania. Yeah. Like brands are looking to Tanzania as a, a market for, you know, to get this content, to get this, you know, value. Whereas initially everything would be like, oh, it's in Kenya. It's in South Africa. You know, Tanzania has never had this like opportunity yeah. in that sense.
1: It was really rewarding actually mm-hmm. to see those pictures yeah. and to see, the outlook from that yeah, you yeah, playing yeah. golf for the first time yeah, exactly. you know and being really coached in in these mm-hmm. wonderful uh, golf course, exactly. exactly. it's really like crazy yeah, and unbelievable yeah. as you're saying exactly yeah but then it is actually happening exactly yeah so i'm like was it like content creation around mm-hmm. all their facilities yeah so
2: so particularly for this one was content creation around three of their hotels that they had yeah because it was like three different Mantis hotels uh in South
0: Africa. Yeah.
2: So um, uh we did we created a, before everything they created a, it was like a curation of what I wanted to experience. Right. Which is a completely different way or approach that people do here. Like we're like go there, take pictures of this hotel, blah blah blah, you know. Yeah. With this was more of like a curation of my experience of me experiencing the hotels. Yeah. Which was very beautiful because I got to do things that I'd never done before, like experience things I'd never experienced before. So, all the while, as much as I was um I'm there like creating content, yeah, but it was more so for me to experience it, you know, yeah, so I think the content or the outcome of it was even better because I didn't go there just to take pictures or just to like record. I was having a great time.
1: You're you're so, there to you live
2: know, the I life. I was there to live the life. I was living that life, you know. So yeah. it was easier for me to create content based on my experiences yeah. rather than create content of, you know, you get thrown into like a very fancy lodge, for instance, and then you're like, create content for this lodge. Yeah. Well, you are not necessarily experiencing that lodge, you know. Yeah. That's different. Whereas when you're experiencing it, people can view everything from your perspective. Yeah. So that was a very like honestly. Highlight of my year, and mm-hmm. I think it will still remain a highlight of my years to come for for, for, a, long for a very time. long time. Yeah. You
1: had also an encounter with Doctor mm-hmm. Jane Goodall.
2: Yes, 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 yes. That was the highlight of this year, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> for sure. That and actually, are yeah, yeah. And we are not
1: even in June.
2: Yeah, we are not even in June, and I can confidently say that is definitely the highlight of this year. Yeah, yeah. It was such a beautiful moment. <laughs> like, uh, and fortunately, uh, she was also. She is also like a huge fan of Johnny Walker whiskey. Yeah, yeah. So um, we go like, it was so nerve wracking, you know, when you want, when you want to meet someone, like when you go and meet someone who like you admire, it's so nerve wracking when you actually finally get to meet them. Yeah. And you're like, okay, shit. What, what do I say? You know, yeah. <laughs> like, what can I say to this person? Mm-hmm. So it was just an easy flow of like man's chat, like talking, you know,
0: Yeah,
2: and over a uh, glass of whiskey, of course, which was just, it just happened so naturally. And, <laughs> Honestly, a highlight of my year. Yeah, and then I also got to see her again for invite. She invited me for dinner with her family. Yeah, for Valentine's Day, and again that was just such a beautiful moment. Yeah, yeah.
1: What kind of a person is she? Because we mm-hmm. really see her very passionate about Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the work that she's doing mm-hmm. here, but you spending time with her, yeah. I think, gave you an, an access insight, that yeah. you know many people really don't have yeah. about the kind of a person she is. So one thing
2: I I, I took from my meeting with her yeah because she's an absolutely hardworking woman
0: yeah
2: like she's working constantly like even even when we were there like we were chatting even like from time to time like I would email her but you know she's constantly still working like she's always working yeah she has a lot of work around the world and she's so passionate about the environment she's so passionate about nature yeah and that is clear to see like it was a very easy connection with me and her because I think we, we really connected in that sense because we were all very passionate about nature and everything. So I think immediately that's the conversation that, um, we started talking about. And it's, it's so nice to see someone who actually truly believes in what she does and is actually making, has made so much change over the years, you know, and has left a legacy and, and is still creating this legacy where people can now do more and do better and be better, you know, because of work that she, pioneered, you know? So she is a very hard worker. She is a very passionate environmentalist, you know, an animal lover. And like, it's just, it's so nice to see when people are actually walking the walk,
1: you know? About what what is it that they Mm -hmm. they stand for?
2: Exactly. What is it that they stand for? Not, it's not just... Oh, I'm just gonna do a couple of posts for the for the media, you know. Yeah, she she oozes the passion, you know. Yeah. So it's such a nice, it was such a refreshing conversation. You're also a very
1: huge plant lover. Yeah, I, I, am. <laughs> I really haven't come across a yeah. guy with <laughs> such many, many plants.
2: plants. Yeah. So again, I really love nature. Like I think I I love you know I love being outside of that. And every time oh, yeah. when I'm outside of DA, it's either when I'm in a forest, either I'm in Magoroto or I'm you know yeah. that type of place. I love being in nature. So obviously <laughs> I can't I, I can't always go to like I can't always take trips mm-hmm. to nature. So why not bring your the nature to where you stay? Yeah. So my mother also is a like she's she's a she's so passionate about plants. Yeah. She during the COVID period also she got really into like gardening and stuff and literally her house is just like a little Amazon forest. Yeah. So I also just got inspired to create this Natural nature environments in in my house. Yeah. So and I'm constantly there. the only downside to this is that it's never enough.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like, like a drug.
2: It's like a drug. Like every like even I'm looking at an empty space, I'm like, hmm, there's a plant that can fit there. Yeah. So you're constantly wanting to create, uh, to add more. Yeah. But one thing I would also say about the plants is, uh, naturally, <laughs> I'm I'm like many creatives, I'm such a procrastinator. Yeah. You know, like like sometimes you're like, ah, I'm going to edit tomorrow. I'm going to do this, but you can't procrastinate with plants. Yeah. There is a plant that I have to water every morning. Yeah. Like I traveled once and I didn't, I didn't water it and it died, you know? So plants teach you how to actually be there, like be, be present to like work for something, you know, because you see the results because once you treat them well, they also are happy. Like my mother always used to tell me like, you know what? You need to talk to your plants sometimes. Like (laughs) when you, when you actually just, when you're just like, uh, you treat them like that's like nothing.
0: Yeah.
2: Then they also don't flourish. Yeah. So from time to time, you'll find me misting my plants, you know,
0: like
2: like just, just to get there into the groove of like taking care of your plants. Yeah. So you'd find me looking, and see like a dry leaf, you know, something like that. So it's just fulfilling to see, uh, something that you've worked on for such a long time. Yeah. Also flourish.
1: That's amazing because Mm. I also... I am thinking mm. about things in that way, you yeah. know, and it is like maybe a new thing mm-hmm. that is like, okay, what is it about plants yeah. that really move people? Mm-hmm. And there's someone that I'm talking to constantly about plants yeah. and yeah. their love of plants. Mm-hmm. And really that is, has become like an eye opener. I yeah. think you two would make such an amazing uh, friends yeah. because yeah, yeah, yeah. they're also very passionate about uh, oh, plants. Honestly, and everything. Give else. me
2: their numbers. Let's talk about plants. Yeah, <laughs>
3: that's,
2: <laughs> all, that's all I do. Yeah. Like we have this little plant <laughs> community, like, not necessarily a community, but a, a couple of people who are also interested in plants and we're constantly sending each other like yeah. all these plant memes and all that. Yeah. But it's just nice. It's it's a very rewarding uh, thing to be honest because most of the plants here you see, yeah. like now they're they're grown, but then I took a lot of them when they were very small.
1: Very small. So like
2: this one, for instance, is one of my favorite ones because I got this plant four years ago and four it was years just ago. like a couple of leaves. Yeah. But from this, look at how big it's it's gotten. But then also a lot of people have, have, I've taken plants from this plant. Yeah. Like it's the mother to a lot of plants in many other households. Yeah. Including that one over there in that corner there. Yeah. So it's just a rewarding thing to know that if you take care of something, yeah. these are the results. You know.
1: What, what what is the name of
2: the plant? So it I don't know the exact scientific name, yeah. but it's one of the evergreens. I have a couple of evergreens here in my rooms, you know. Yeah. But each of them, like uh so I have this there's this plant up also called um picture this. So I, uh, I'll I'll send you the link. Yeah. But uh, it also helps to like, for instance, if I, if I, I can take a picture like here, then it's going to tell me the name of the plant. Yeah. And it's also going to tell me if my plant looks sickly. Oh. Uh, yeah. And it also tells you like the recommendations of what you can do actually to to like what could be the possible like diagnosis it. So what could be wow. the possible like um, something that is wrong with the plant and what you can do to improve it.
1: So it's a lifestyle.
2: So it is a lifestyle. It's a full-time job. These are like little <laughs> children. <laughs> crazy, right? Yeah. That is, is crazy Exactly. Beautiful. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: Another beautiful thing is yeah. your love for inks.
2: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I think it started with a very small one.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: What was the initial
2: one? So the initial one was... This one, actually. Yeah. I was I was like, go big, go go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I got this. Yeah. And then like, because when he was getting this, this was like, it was very, it was big and it was painful. Yeah. Then I was like, you know what? Just do two more. Yeah. So immediately after he did this, Drew, he is a very great, it's called homes Holmes 3D yeah, yeah, yeah. tattoo. So he does like tours. I think he's in Tanzania now. Yeah. So when he did this, I was like, okay, bro, we have time. So he did this one as well, this little camera here. Yeah. And then he did this one as well. And then now it's just like again, like plants, like ink. Once you start, you just you keep Keep wanting more. Yeah. So I got another one here, I got another one here. Yeah. And I recently got another one here in the back. Yeah. Sorry, mama. (laughs) When I went to South Africa. Yeah. So yeah, it's one of those. It's a constant it's like your body is like a canvas. Yeah. I know some people really are not into the whole tattoo thing, but it's like art. It's the like canvas. Yeah. It's like a little journey you're creating for yourself. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So are they all like they have a like certain meaning. meaning to you?
2: So yeah, each of them has some sort of meaning for instance. For instance, this one is like a travel, like the compass. Yeah. And yeah. one friend actually... Gave me like a really good description of how to say it so that I can look smart and <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> sophisticated. <laughs> so, uh, sophisticated.
2: I was like, oh, what does it mean?" Yeah. So every time now you've just caught me off guard, but I would have studied yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> but this one here, this one is like, um, it's like the, the, the hallows from, you know, Harry Potter. Yeah. So, and it was like when everyone has all three, they conquer death. But yeah. actually for me, I use it as like a, a way of conquering life. Yeah. So, and this one here is my little, um, camera. Yeah. And then this one here is cinematic. Yeah. This is like the, it's Latin for, uh, without fear. Yeah. So it was the slogan for Jameson when I used to work there. Yeah. So essentially it's, it says like when, um, when you live a bit more, no, when you live, when you fear a bit less, you live a bit more. Yeah. So I got this immediately after I resigned from from so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it was actually just a mantra to myself. Like you fear a bit less, you live a bit more. Yeah. So it's things it's words to live by. Yeah. And in the back here, I have one for, um, it's like a sort of, it's a customized yin yang tattoo. Yeah. I've always, I've always loved the concept of yin yang because it's like, um, not just good and evil. It's just, it's just a whole, it's just about balance in short. Yeah. So I have that there. It's also just, it's also a reminder that it's not always rainbows and butterflies. You yeah, know, yeah. there's like ups and downs, goods and, you know, yeah. there's good, the good and the bad, but it all is a whole, yeah. it's a part of a whole thing.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. not just like one straight exactly. line. It's not
2: one straight line. It's yeah. like everything has to balance. Yeah. Everything has to balance. Do you
1: always like have mm. an idea of where mm. next you're going to get... A, tattoo like, let's say for example like
2: oh the arm. you, mm-hmm. you picture
1: your body and say you know the like it's okay, mm-hmm. yes, like i want to put that there so yeah, you're yeah, like yeah. literally curating
2: yeah so your body mm, one one by one What one, one ink at a time so usually i do that but then and um unfortunately it's like it's not it's not always that you get the right tattoo artists yeah, because like this is like something almost permanent. It is permanent, so you have to get the right artist every time. Yeah, so I've always been careful with like what I want to get and when I want to get it. Yeah, so for instance, the, the this is my, actually my biggest tattoo, the one on the back. Yeah, so I I wanted to get it because it wasn't the one that I initially wanted to get. Yeah, but because it involved a lot of thin uh it was like very fine lines and everything.
0: Yeah.
2: I knew the only place I could get it at the time was there. Yeah. So immediately I went for that. Uh, although I do have sort of like a, a roadmap of what I want, you know, like places. so that you can all kind of like similarly, similarly connect. Yeah.
1: Mm. That's a very beautiful, really like way of thinking about it. Yeah. Because I think every, everything then around revolves, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, like it really like feeds into each other. Oh, you yeah. know Like your art your life yeah. and your body—it
3: mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm, feels mm-hmm.
1: like they are going to be like in sync, sync. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all together. It's true, you know. And that I think, to me, makes this wonderful, really existence. Yeah. If we were to put it in those yeah. in those words, now Danny, because you have done, I think, what I, I would literally term, mm-hmm. you know, like creating something that was not there before. Like, yeah. of course by the time that we are starting travel photography, this destination and everything Mm -hmm. else, we know it's really inaccessible as you pointed out. But sometimes it's like, who really can go all the way to Kitulo and take pictures of flowers Mm -hmm, around mm -hmm. this time of the year? Or go through a train Mm -hmm. all the way to Matema and wake up early in the morning, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, capture mm -hmm. this, if not a white guy from some place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So to me, you really like said yes, I'm going to take the risk yeah. and do everything else against the conventional mm-hmm, wisdom. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of it is that it has worked for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. And now we literally see more and more photographers saying, you know, like, yes, weddings and everything. Yeah. Yes. But we really, we really want to do want this. want to capture the beauty yeah. of the country. We want to connect with nature. Mm-hmm. We want to capture these animals and everything else. Yeah. Does it become easier now with access, mm-hmm. you know, because I had this thought. Yeah. That it is very, very expensive actually mm-hmm, for an over Tanzanian mm-hmm. to get into Serengeti yeah. compared to go to a place like Dubai. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it is true. Right? Yeah. Do you see like any needle being moved? Mm-hmm. Because there is that conversation mm-hmm. of really it being expensive to first true. be there. yeah, But also the lack of support uh, support from mm. like, you know, the Tanzanian tourist yeah. board. Yeah, true. Tanapa itself. true. You know, like the, mm-hmm. there seems to be like something everything is missing like everything is working against you it is true even if you have like the genuine of the hearts to do something yeah yeah so how does how How do you hmm. work around that
2: so for me personally i again i would say i'm very privileged because i did start at a very early time yeah so and my whole my whole brand my whole persona my whole niche was to create work around travel you know, photography. Yeah. So I have been lacking in the sense that I'm, I have access to a lot of these places either through invites to experience them yeah. or through client work. But I will agree with you that it is definitely not easy to date. It's still not. Yeah. You see the improvement a little bit, but it's still not easy. Um, it's very unfortunate to be honest that we really do not have the support needed. Like, you know, creators from Kenya, from different other c- countries, yeah. they do get, Proper support from the tourism board. Yeah, they do great. Get proper support from like the the national agencies responsible for for these places. Yeah, you know they have ease of access. They have ease of access for permits and stuff like that. Yeah, but unfortunately, to say that we still don't have that here. Yeah, like um, a lot of a lot of work that's like you see all this premium work that is created by photographers that. Foreign photographers. Yeah. I would say sometimes they might even have easier access to some of these places than we do. Yeah. You know, I am able to have some of this access because it's for work. Yeah. It's work from a client, you know. Yeah. But if I up and decide, okay, let me just do this because as, at times there have been conversations, but they have almost led nowhere in, yeah. in that sense. Yeah. Uh, today to, to even talk about it, that's why we've created this. We have recently come together as a uh, Tanzanian, uh, creatives, yeah. uh, travel content creators, yeah. including myself, Ose, um, uh, Doreen, uh, and a few others, Fahad. Yeah. So because these are the conversations we've been having on the side with each other, but now we are like, okay, instead of waiting for like, like my, my old, my, my, my high school teacher used to say, my primary teacher used to say, stop waiting for manna from heaven. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of waiting for like bread from heaven, yeah. like you need to take things, you with know, your with hands. your own hands. Yeah. So this is like a statement also that we've made in, a, in that sense that instead of waiting to be handed out things, yeah. we are passionate about these things. Yeah. Maybe if we come together, yeah. we can ease this, this uh, access. We can bundle together, uh, money for maybe even when it comes to like transport and stuff like that, yeah. you know? So it is, it is a conversation that we have also, I'm, I'm happy that we're starting with other photographers. Yeah, I'm happy it's a conversation that we are, we are doing together because always, uh, if you do something alone, it's very hard. Yeah. You know, I get, I, I, I get told sometimes like, ah, maybe you, a lot of people think like I get these places because of like. Like, oh, you must be rich or you have this privilege. Like, even when I was starting, I used to get a lot of those. Like, ah, this yeah. guy is just like, you know, yeah. yo, bro. if I tell you, like, when I say the fact that I did access these places until after uni, yeah. and it was through perseverance and through persistence.
0: Yeah.
2: A lot of times I would take, like, the bus. You saw me, the, tra- the train journey initially wasn't because I wanted to take the train, you know, because yeah. I couldn't afford that flight to Bear. Yeah. Then I was like, okay, what's the next best thing? But also, that could be, uh, like picturesque, the train journey. So, you know, I found different ways to be able to access these places, but I also hope that we get to the point where the access is made easier by the powers that be, because at the end of the day, this is the content that they would also use. This Mm -hmm. is the content that we are doing something because we love the country. You know, we love creating all this, um, all this work. It's not just for ourselves. It's for, it's for, I love to inspire the people that, you know, that follow my page, I love to show that this is in our country. We don't have to go to. You can go to Dubai because I also want to still go to Dubai. Yeah. But I can spend my money here as well. Yeah. So I really would uh, as as something to address or like as food for thought. Yeah. I really hope if someone gets to listen to this, yeah, they really try and make make it easier for Tanzanian creators yeah. to have access to these places because at the end of the day, it's a win-win situation for both of us. Yeah. You know, yeah. make it easier for us. Yeah, <laughs>
1: You, you, you travel mm. and you have been mm. in touch with nature
2: yeah.
1: for a lot of times. Yeah. The thing that keeps coming on mm. climate change.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Are you able to see that firsthand mm-hmm. when you're in the wildest?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, it's so, so visible to be honest. Like, yeah. um, I did, I did, I'd, I've done a lot of, uh, projects in like Bukoba, let's say yeah. in Mwanza as well in there. And one thing you've, one thing you see is the change in sea levels,
0: Yeah,
2: you know, like you see, for instance, like, like maybe a, f- a few years ago I came here and there was like a village or like there was houses maybe up until there. Yeah, But the water is constantly rising, there's like random, like very erratic. Uh, seasonal changes. Yeah. So sometimes there's all these floods. Sometimes the water level has risen so much. The point that what was there before no longer is there. Mm. There's people who I know are waiting. They literally have a, a timeline of how long they can stay in that house.
0: Yeah.
2: It's literally like this house has been passed down to them from their relatives, from their grandparents or like it's been a family house. Yeah. But then there is a timeline to how long they can stay in that house yeah. because of climate change. So it is very much it's there. And at, at the same time, it's also very much visible in when you go to places like Serengeti. Remember when there was like a Serengeti or all these parks? We didn't... In Tanzania, it happened as well. But like I could... You remember the pictures from Kenya? Yeah. From Northern Kenya, animals were just like... Hordes and hordes of animals would, would just die. like be... Die. Would be dead. Yeah. Like literally dried up. Yeah. No whales, no water. Yeah. So it really is... it, it is, It's very much present. Yeah. I really hope or I really... I don't know if it's happening, but I really want, I really hope that this is something that they could start doing, like actively teaching, actively informing people, like kids from a very young age. Yeah. The difference between, let's say schools in Norway, schools in Sweden and schools in Tanzania, these kids are brought up knowing about climate change. They're brought up, uh, they're brought up passionate about uh, climate change, about climate, about nature and how to take care of it.
0: Yeah.
2: Here, even when you go like on a road trip or on a on anything, you just see that there is a lack of, of, it's not because people don't care. It's because we, people just don't know, Yeah, you know? So if you inform people and it's very easy to blame people like, ah, these people don't care. You know, these people, they don't, they don't, they don't give a shit about like what's happening in the world. But if you're not telling these people, if you're not educating them from a very young age, not necessarily because some people obviously know Peter, the age has passed. But you can still make programs to educate people, you know, to make them aware, to sensitize them on what is happening. So they can also take steps to improve, you know, rather than also just saying, oh, there's this bunch of people that don't care. You know, Hmm. it's very much needed for sensitization and very much needed to give information to the different people and different groups.
1: All right. I want to ask you another very philosophical question because you have very philosophical answers (laughs) to, 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 to some otherwise very beautiful questions. Mm. I want to know, like, you know, really when you look at your journey, Mm. right. You have had a lot of firsts, a lot of like fortunate events. You've also been winning like photography awards that some of them we haven't even heard of before. And it just works like that. It's like, you know, Works yeah. and works and works and works and works, yeah. and I think there is that thing that you know m- somebody might say, "Oh, it's just beginner's luck." You know, yeah. it is just this, but I really Om gang gang. yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there is really like beauty. <laughs> In how you communicate through photos. Yeah. And I really want everybody to just go and look through your page. Thank you. Man. I and I appreciate they it. they could just really like see yeah. that beauty. And I believe that is the same beauty that the judges get to see. Yeah. When they, they see your, your pictures. Now, do you have like a location mm. that is your favorite location to photograph? Uh,
2: top of the mind, Mbeya. All right. Like Mbeya for me is just like, it's such a beautiful place. It's yeah. like untouched. Yeah. I mean, it's very raw. Yeah. A lot of the pictures that, uh, like really kickstarted the whole printing and everything came from there actually.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, the train trip that I
0: took. Yeah.
2: The, because I think I went to there for the first time was immediately, I think a couple of months after I had resigned. Yeah. So it was more of like to escape there and just to like clear my mind and, you know, yeah. Ground myself. Yeah. So, I went there and like, I go to see like, like Nyasa, mm-hmm. my favorite image, which is usually what stays here. Actually, someone bought it off me Yeah. <laughs> by force. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's the, it's the, it's like a picture of that, like, uh, the little boat yeah, at the sunrise in the, yeah, in the mountain you know, in the, yeah. in the, in the I remember that moment because it was just like, we had stayed up all night, like just talking shit with all my friends, with a couple of my friends that we went with there. Yeah. But then like, I just remember waking up, and like, I'm not waking up, I mean, like walking to the beach and seeing that, like, that, like, glow. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, what a beautiful spot. Yeah. And it was just completely empty. There was no one except, like, the fishermen over there. Yeah. And so it got me wanting to see more of the South Side. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough to work with um, Utengule, yeah. Utengule Coffee Lodge. Yeah. And so together with them, we, I did like a two week trip where, like, I would, we were visiting literally places in bear that no one has ever been seen in, in some cases, like yeah. Crater Lakes and all these places, yeah. because we were creating like a guidebook from Baer. Yeah. So that really helped me see Bayer from a, a very different perspective.
0: Mm.
2: I had access because now I have the car. We, we got support from uh, the government, uh, the people that were there. we yeah. got support from Utengule as well. Yeah. So to see all these places, there's some places like, for instance, Malamba Falls, like I, you would have Googled that place and I'm not, not seen the picture of Malamba Falls. Yeah. But after then you Google this and you see pictures, you know, these guys also, the guys from there, the guys would call me like, daddy, thank you, because now so many people are coming, yeah. you know. And at the same time, <laughs> sometimes it's kind of like, um, I'm caught in between like wanting to kind of like selfishly, almost like keep it as I natural as it that. is. Yeah. <laughs> not, not the Christopher Columbus style, but like yeah. <laughs> almost like not get it too... Like uh, to become such a like a tourist trap or like a tourist that like no because once places like gems like those get overpopulated or overseen sometimes you you know they lose the the essence of it but what the beauty again about Maya is that not people don't just go to Maya all the time you know yeah you can still I can still share these places and people can still access these places and. And still respectfully experience them without, you know, destroying the places. And so Mbea for me is definitely the spot.
1: Do you have a landscape in the world Mm. that you love to photograph?
2: Uh, Iceland. All right. So I, there's landscapes. Okay. Maybe I mentioned three. (laughs) So there's Iceland. Yeah. There is, uh, Sweden as well. And Mm. then there is, um, Peru. Mm Mm-hmm And oh actually no, I mentioned two more. And then there is Namibia. All right. And then there's Ethiopia. All right. Those are those are my top five. Yeah, top five. Beautiful. At no particular order. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So when you look around, Danny, what is your North Star Mm. whenever you're taking pictures? Like what Mm. is the first thing that you say that you wake up and Mm. say, I am a photographer? Yeah. Because that that is Mm. the thing that is guiding you. Every time you take your camera, Mm. you hold it into your eye, and you click the shutter.
2: Like I'm a photographer. The reason for photography or the reason for my
1: Yeah, like whenever you take your picture, Mm -hmm. what guides you? Like, is it like a subject that it's Mm -hmm. beautiful that you want to share into the world? Yeah. Is it a sense of like discovery? Yeah.
2: So I think I think it's a mix of of portraying or like showing the emotion of a particular moment of a particular subject yeah and the second one is to show the beauty of it mm-hmm. no because you can you can easily just capture a, a moment that is just beautiful yeah but also it has to come in for me it, it ties down with the emotion of the particular moment the emotion of uh the subject as well yeah so that's what i love to capture like you know sometimes i can go for uh like maybe a couple of months where i've not done anything yeah but i'm also not motivated to go and shoot anything yeah but then there's times when I'm like, I have like, you know, like I get this sense of like, I want to go and create something because I want to create, you know, I want to show a particular thing or like a particular emotion that, you know, I'm feeling at that particular time. So for me, emotion really does drive a yeah. lot of my, my photography yeah. and beauty, like capturing beauty. Yeah. And one thing I also said before, like even when it came to my subjects, whether it's landscape, whether it's people, uh, the reason... I said I like to capture happiness, but that's not necessarily the only thing I capture. Yeah. Uh, A lot of the work that I do for my clients, for instance, the documentary work is I don't share it on my Instagram, obviously. Yeah. Uh, But then even when I'm doing work for a client, like even if it's in the, the medicine, I mean the health sector, whether it's in the agricultural sector, I love, I don't like capturing people in a vulnerable situation, you know, like showing people, showing people, in a way that even if I was in that position, yeah. I wouldn't want to be captured that way.
0: Yeah,
2: A lot of people, like a lot of photographers that have been coming like for assignments from across the, from different parts of the world. Yeah, It's almost a selling point to capture poverty. Yeah, No, it's almost a selling point to capture like disease, to capture like people in such vulnerable positions, yeah. sometimes not even knowing that they're being captured in that sense. Yeah, So I love to capture people and things with dignity. Mm. So even if someone is, financially not in a good position or they're, they're living in poverty. Yeah. There's always a dignified way to capture that. Yeah. And so I always think that the only people, not necessarily the only people, but the people that can capture something in a more dignified way yeah. are the people that live there. Yeah. For instance, a photographer, an international photographer can capture their people in a way more dignified way than I would be able to capture their people because yeah. you wouldn't want to portray your, your, that person in that sense, you know, yeah. someone could be going through, it, it doesn't mean they have to be happy constantly.
0: Yeah.
2: You can tell a story that doesn't have happiness, but you can still, still capture it in a very dignified way. Yeah. You can tell a story of a, a place that isn't rich but you can still capture it in a very dignified way. And I think the only people, the only way to do that is to truly be able to, is to truly love what you're doing, but also truly have love for the subject and your country or what you're taking pictures of. Otherwise it's just like, Oh, I'm going to take a picture that is going to pop up in a world press or something like that. You know, you're doing it for, for that shock factor. Yeah. So I think, I think um, it's also a challenge I would love to, to put forward to, Photographers or videographers in Tanzania yeah. who create this type of content, because I know for a fact, like poverty and all this and sadness sells sometimes. Because people love to see that shock factor. Yeah. But you know what else sells? Dignity, yeah. happiness, yeah. capturing people in their true light. You can do that and still have one of those, you know, sh- those, you know, because you don't see that. Especially when it comes to Africa, yeah. you don't get to see that. So, if you already have a lot of all those, like, hardcore, like, pictures, why are you adding to that as well? Yeah. As a person who comes from here, especially. Yeah. You can do better, I think. Yeah. Mm. What has
1: been your most memorable mm. photographing experience?
2: Mm. My most memorable one, again, I would have to say was the 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 trip that I took with, in bear, Yeah. For... For Utengule capturing yeah. those dif- different spots, yeah. but also my other memorable experience would have to be uh work I did with uh Feed the Future, Die Feed the Future Tanzania, yeah. for USAID. Yeah. Um, I, it was very, it was such a beautiful moment because, like, we went, I think, for three weeks, we were traveling through different regions in uh Mbea. we went to Mbea, we went to Pemba, we went to Zanzibar. We went to Iringa and it was just capturing stories of, uh, different benef- beneficiaries, Yeah, but it was capturing stories in like, again, not in that, that light where like, Oh, these people are poor. Like, you know, it's capturing hope, stories of hope, yeah. stories of how far people have come and how far people are going. Yeah. And I think I actually, have to feed the future, feed the future. Yeah. So, so I love this because like a few years down the line, yeah. Uh, We created, we created, like, we did another trip, I think, uh, with some of them just to see how far they've come. But so we, it ended up being in a photo book, yeah. you know, and it was such a, it was a very, like, um, it was a great event because then all the people that we took pictures of, all the stories that we had captured were here. So they came here and the stories they then shared were completely different. You know, someone who was starting out then, now they have three more, four more businesses. They have families, you know, like all the things that, uh, the the company has set out to do for them. They did it and you can see the life and how, how their lives changed, you know? Yeah. So that was so beautiful to see. Yeah. And that's why even when I do, um, documentary work or assignments, I really, it's something I really, I'm very careful with, with the companies that, with the organizations. Exactly. So, because like, this is the this is the things I love capturing.
1: Yeah. This is such a beautiful yeah. collection of images. Oh, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, this is such a beautiful body of work.
2: Yeah, so it's it's nice to see like when organizations
0: yeah.
2: are pushing f- more for things like that yeah. rather than pushing forward for oh this person was dirt yeah. poor and now we're helping them with, you know.
1: Yeah.
2: which is like a completely wrong approach of how to do things, I'd say.
1: Beginner's advice. Yeah. What would you say to a person who is Tying trying to out. take a camera? today and say you know i want to be a photographer
2: yeah so um honestly i'd say you know it's very easy to just say just start just do it <laughs> you know it's it's like you've heard it a million times i'm sure
0: yeah
2: and now everything is just so crazy like people are like people are going to gear like there's so much more to do like you know yeah. it's it's such a daunting experience coming into a saturated market you yeah. know
0: yeah
2: it's also down. Sorry. It's daunting coming into a market when there is nothing, you know, there is nothing to 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 base off. Like you're starting off, but then when it's also very saturated, it's very scary as well. Because like now, you're like, how do I break through? How do I make a name for myself in something that already seems saturated? Yeah, you know, but. Cliché as this might sound, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think the best thing right now that we have access to is our phones. Yeah, Our mobile phones now can, like, you know, you take, you can, I mean, I'm not telling you, go to a client, get a client and... It's, uh, you know, like, oh, I'm going to work for, like, you know, and take pictures with your phone. But before that, you can start by taking pictures of the daily activities, what you're passionate about with your phone. I know a couple of great mobile photographers or mobile content creators um, who are doing really great, actually. They're creating Mm -hmm. amazing reels. Sometimes you can't even tell that it was was made from a phone, you know. So as much as the market is saturated and it's difficult, it's also you also have much more access to these things right now. You know, it is a scary thing to think about, like, how can I start, you know, like there's, it's, how can I make a name for myself when there's already like a million other people doing it? Yeah. But you also have access to a lot more, a lot more things, Mm -hmm. a lot more resources, and you can just start, you know, and you can start by, you don't necessarily have to start with the goal of like, I'm going to be like, you know, show the best of my work. You can start very casually, like, you know, like I'm creating work for myself. Yeah. I would say honestly, like that's how I started when I was doing photography. Yeah. I had no inclination that I would actually be doing this for a living. Yeah. So this was what helped me like my entire page. And I know people like to like restart their entire pages, like delete some of the work. Yeah, I haven't deleted any of my work. Yeah. Yeah. I like everything to be there because like, it's a journey, you know? I like to sometimes go back and see how far I've come. Yeah. But I also like people when they when they want kind of like assurance to also see that everyone starts from somewhere. You know. So you don't have to start and be the very best at what you do. I don't think anyone is truly the best at what they do. You know? Yeah. There's constant learning, there's constant growth, and that can be your journey as well. Yeah. Think of the journey and not like the destination. The destination. You know, yeah.
1: So I have this habit yeah. that I've created that, you know, I have a previous guest Mm -hmm. asking the next, the next guest a question. Yeah. And you have a question from my previous guest. Okay. (laughs) So he asked, Mm -hmm. do you think modern men Mm. understand Mm. the needs of a modern woman? Is that Jody? (laughs) 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 No, 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 no.
3: Okay. It it
2: sounds like something she would say. Yeah. That sounds like something Jody would say. (laughs) Okay. Do you think modern men understands the need of modern woman? Yeah. A modern woman. Yeah. I think they do.
0: Yeah,
2: I think they do. I think, I think the modern man is ready to have a conversation,
0: mm.
2: which is something I wouldn't say was the case for the you know the conventional classic man. Yeah, modern men are okay with having conversations. Yeah, we might still be hard to have conversations with, but we're ready to have a conversation. Yeah, we're ready to see things from your perspective. So I truly believe uh, it is. True. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you have to take a photography assignment. Mm. Who are you taking with from the list of your friends? Friends or photographers? Photographers.
2: Um, nom, nom, nom. Can I take two?
1: Yeah. Or three? Two. Okay, two. two is a good number.
2: I, two, I would take, I would take, I would take Jody. Yeah. And I would take Osei as so. well. All right. Yeah.
1: That's good. Yeah. So you also have an opportunity to ask
2: mm. The, the next guest, the question. Okay. Mm. <laughs> so my question would be, if you were in the room with the president's mm. elevator pitch, what would you tell them?
1: All right. Mm. You had an opportunity, by the way, for yeah. your photo to be tweeted by the president. Yes,
2: yes, yes. How did that feel? Honestly, surreal. Yeah. To be honest, to date, it's very, very much like, uh, what, the president tweeted my photo? Yeah. You know, so... It was such a rewarding yeah. moment yeah. and I know it, it was a bit of like polarizing, uh, comments because a lot of people were, uh, talked about like, Oh, they didn't put credit and everything like that. Yeah. So I'd love to give a little bit of background with regards to that photo and how it ended up on the uh, president's page. Yeah. So a friend had reached out or someone had reached out to me, uh, with regards to that particular image, yeah. uh, the white house was looking for an image that the president could use. For world uh, road safety, to talk about road safety, yeah. you no. Know, so they already had reached out. There was a, a bunch of image, images they were considering, yeah. and they ended up picking up picking my image. Yeah. So correct communication channels were were went. We went through the correct communication channels. They reached out to me. Yeah. We had a conversation, and I'm the one who sent them the high res image for them to use. Yeah. So it wasn't one of those situations where which have happened so many times where people just use your image uh, and they, you know, they don't ask and you can do nothing about it. This time around, I'm actually very, uh, grateful that they did. They went through the right channels. They reached out and, and I provided the image myself high res. So obviously as a photographer, as, um, as someone who's also like, uh, working in this industry, yeah. And tries to like, you know, any opportunity you can get to improve your stance or your position.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, there was a factor of like, which people are complaining about myself included. It was like, there wasn't any credits, you know, yeah. there was no credits provided. Uh, for one, I actually understand because like, I wasn't expecting the president to write a picture by that time, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you
0: know,
2: so, but then again, uh, because I don't know about the protocol, the protocols of these things. Yeah. So I would have been nice if I, uh, if the team that was responsible for sharing would have added the credit, yeah. but I know for a fact, uh, it wasn't something, but it also wasn't something that was, had pre-mentioned that, like, okay, you must use this, to use this image, you must uh put credit yeah. perhaps if we would have had that conversation this would not have been a an issue yeah. beforehand yeah. but what i like was the right uh communication channels were they went to the right communication channels yeah. and we had proper conversations and i'm the one who sent them the images the correct high-res images rather than them like picking it out just from my instagram page yeah yeah
1: that must be very very good actually it's
2: very good honestly it's yeah. uh it's Again, one of the highlights of my, of my uh, last year. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Why that Tanzanian guy?
2: Yeah. So this name came about as, uh, it was more of a joke in a way. But so when I was in uni,
0: yeah,
2: I used to hang out with the, fr- because I was, I went to uni in Turkey. So yeah. in the group of with the people that I used to hang out with, I was the only guy from Tanzania. Yeah. So kind of like to refer me, they would say that guy from Tanzania, that guy from Tanzania, you know, so at the time when I literally had no idea about this is going to be my brand. Yeah. I just like a fun thing to do. And people are having all these crazy names on Instagram. Yeah. So I wrote that Tanzanian guy.
0: Yeah.
2: The funny thing about that is that wh- when my, when my, like when my page actually started growing. Yeah. I I actually really hated that name because I was
0: like,
2: "Ah, I I don't really like how it sounds. You know, it sounds almost like conceited or something for someone who doesn't know the backstory to it. But then eventually like someone made me see it It as like, bro, this is your brand. You know, this is, this is, this is you. You are that Tanzanian guy after all. So, and I liked it. I like it even more now because majority of my work, no matter how, how how many places I go to, you can see from my page that majority of my work, 90% of the work on my page is from Tanzania. Yeah like i love sharing things uh, uh about tanzania things to tanzanians and other people as well yeah. but i love sharing things tanzania based all tanzania all everything about tanzania yeah. so people can see what it is about tanzania yeah. tanzanians can see their country you can see how access the access they have to their country yeah. and also to just challenge Different, you know, different uh, conversations. So have different conversations mm. on Tanzania. Yeah. So I think now I've settled into the name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I'm happy with it.
1: Danny, thank you very much for giving us your time.
2: Thank you very much. Asso. I really
1: uh, have enjoyed our conversation. Me too. I thought it was just gonna be like maybe an hour, fifteen yeah, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is all has shaped to be a very insightful conversation yeah. in another wide, a very, very, very important topic. Yeah. And I think. Everyone who is going to listen to this they are going to see the wisdom really that yeah. goes beyond uh just taking pictures yeah. and actually the philosophy that uh, is the thing that glues your pictures together exactly and how much they mean to other people thank because you very I much. think you are creating them from a very personal point of view thank
2: you very much I honestly I also I'm truly grateful to have had the opportunity to have this conversation yeah um and you you would know as well like I'm usually very as much as I'm behind the camera, yeah. I'm like I'm also very like uh, reserved when it comes to having like conversations on podcasts or like I'm starting to do it a little bit more now.
1: Yeah.
2: But uh, it's been a very insightful, but also a very fun uh, conversation.
1: I'm really, really humbled yeah. to be the guy to uh, <laughs> you know initiate you yeah. into this particular yeah. journey. Thank you, bro. Thank you very much, Danny. Yeah.